You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Okay. Hello, everybody. Gail Craft here from the Empowering Process Podcast. So glad that you're joining us today. I have with me an amazing woman, Sarah Leslie. We're going to talk about what it's like and what is living in limbo. But Sarah had spent the first 20 years of her career working from the therapy chair, which includes holding the position as a director of clinical services for a residential facility of over 150 beds. But then life happened. After navigating a dramatic shift in her life, and I hope that we'll talk about that, in coming through the other side, Sarah changed her focus into a more purposeful, driven career. She now provides life coaching in the virtual space. Her mission is to help high-performing individuals become the CEO of their own lives, where they are emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially fit. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much, Gail. I love this. Sarah, and, I, and I will say, what I'm sure you hear it all the time, Sarah with the two the first names. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> so one of the things we chit-chatted a little bit about before we started is um, living in limbo actually has a couple of different um, connotations. So one of them is that space between what was and what could be. And when you take that leap of faith, you're in that space right now. So that's fantastic, right? It's, it kind of, it takes your breath away, right? Because you're free falling, mm. right? It's like, all right, yeah. I'm letting go of this. And that's my comfort zone. That's the known factor. That's, that's where I know what to expect to this potentiality world that could blow up in my face i don't know or i might yep. not make it to the bridge right and fall flat on my face so that's yep. what we're going to talk a little bit about that um for me it's a, a, the other the other side i'm not afraid to take the leap in fact i say ah, i just hold my nose and dive in right it's water i'm going to float back up to the top that's how i i look at it so i'm willing to experiment but sometimes those experiments will blow up in your face. That's the free falling that I, um, or the, the limbo that I've experienced that I'd like to also talk about. And that, that is where, um, I'll give you my, my example of leaving everything in San Diego. I had a house, I had a career, clients, friends, and I left everything to go and work for this entity way north and that experience blew up it was not what i thought it would be it was completely mm. outside my wheelhouse i was miserable um and i literally thought i was having a heart attack with the stress and the pain that i was feeling wow so before leaving i did you know i'm a coach i do personal development so i'm like okay gail if you were coaching you, 
how would you manage getting through the other side of this? Because I did not mm. want to leave until I resolved why I allowed myself to be in that situation, how to navigate through it in the best way possible with ease and grace. Um, sure. and so I, I did that and left. In the leaving, I had no home. I had no job. I had credit card debt, right? And, right? and no place to put my furniture. I had to, to get a storage unit. And um, I really had to tap into my tools to keep my sanity. I mean, there was a point there I was doing gratitude. I was doing, you know, empowering questions. I was writing my book um, while looking to rebuild my business and, and get my life back on track. And at one point I'm like, okay, so how can I sell pencils in the corner downtown San Diego and make a profit? How can I, I literally, that's like, I need to put food on the table. How do I do that? Right. Um, and then literally my life it turned around because I got everything I was projecting that I wanted. But that living in limbo of like, holy crap, what the worst case, what do I need to do? Because I was almost living out of my car. I was within days of living out of my car. Mm. Right. What am I going to do about this? Um, and I was ready to to go that route. You know, bring the car yeah. and, and you know move it every time a police officer came over to tell me to move and go to sleep again. Right. Sure. Um, but once you face that, there's not much else that really scares you. That's why I say I just hold my nose and dive in because I have failed enough that it's okay for me to fail again. Yeah, so, definitely. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story about if you're willing to that, that event that occurred that shifted your life and where you're going now. Your yeah, progress. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love your story. Thank you for sharing that. You're I welcome. can relate to it very much. Um, definitely the journey of going along. So growing up in a family where I very much learned like doing the right thing was important. And again, that's not something that gets taught to me directly, but it's something I learned over time. And it's the way that I took in the information. And so I always, um, I found myself really striving to do good and to do things the right way. And so then at about the age of 30, 31, uh, it's just getting far enough away now. I don't remember exactly, but I found myself getting a divorce and I was like, wow, this is really not good. This is like one of those things that I have feared happening. Uh, Growing up in the church, my dad was a pastor, lots of expectations put on me, right? Or so I heard. Um, And really not wanting my life to turn out sort of like everyone else's because I was doing all the right things. So it shouldn't, like it should line up and things should fall into place appropriately. Uh, Or so I had been led to believe. So yeah, at about 30, 31, it was a real wake up call. And while it was hugely uh, depressing, sad, devastating, at the same time, I can remember a very specific moment waking up about three months later from the time period when all that happened and feeling the most relieved, the most free, the most like uh, release of pressure that had been there for really, I want to just go ahead and say like 30, 
30 years. It felt like that pressure was slowly building over all of that time. And so waking up and the thought was, well, you've now done like the worst thing you could do. So like the rest of it should be easy going from here. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> right, nice try. <laughs> that yeah. was just your practice run. <laughs> it was a practice for sure. But it was the first time of a like a real intense relief of the pressure. Because like I said, this had been like a thing that had gotten placed like up on a pedestal that that was the worst thing that I could ever have happened or that I could ever be a part of. And so then I did it, it happened. And so it was like, oh, I'm actually still okay. I'm still alive. Everything is still good. Um, so it, it definitely set the trend. It set the tone in my mind, like, oh, these things that have been built up to be like the worst ever are not actually the worst ever. And I can recover, I can bounce back. And what I learned was I can actually be even better after the fact. So then go forward, fast forward into life, um, doing all again, falling into doing all the right things, which isn't a bad thing. I think it's important to say like doing all the right things sometimes can just mean doing the thing you think you're supposed to be doing, which is all we can really do is the thing we think we're meant to be doing. Uh, so fast forward, towards 40, I've now been promoted a couple of times. I'm now in a position where I'm thinking I can really help people. Like the higher up I go, the more I can help people is how I had come to believe. Um, and so I'm now in this position where I have a lot of influence. I'm supervising a fantastic team of about 20 direct staff impact on a you know larger organization. And helping people in that life-saving space. And yet what I found because of other circumstances in the business, in the system that I was working in, um, I slowly started to feel uh, half asleep. I started to feel numb. I started to feel overwhelmingly unhappy, little by little, just progressively getting worse in the decline to where I was just miserable. So this was right up right before 40. Um, and so certainly that's a known time when people have a crisis moment of sorts. And again, for me, because I had had that stage set at 30, I knew that the vision that I had that was just out of sight, I knew on the other side of that was really good things. But because I had arrived at this new amazing place in my business and my career and making money, I held on to it really tightly. So it was um, similar to the divorce in that it was something I was really believing I was meant to have. And yet it wasn't actually unfolding in a way that felt honoring to me. So I had a moment in yoga uh, at the end of a yoga class and I was in a room full of about 50 people and I broke out in the most emotional, tear-jerking two minutes in that last two minutes of yoga class when everyone is quiet and sobbed for almost the whole two minutes. And it was, again, this like amazing relief of pressure that I had been holding it all in and holding it together and like so wanting to be able to figure it out and make it work. And then coming to that realization of like, I'm holding on desperately to something that I really can't control. 
that I can't make change, that I can't force to do different. And if I don't decide to let go, I'm then choosing something else, someone else other than me, which basically for me means I'm choosing to die, not literally, but metaphorically choosing my own death. So I got up off that yoga mat and I was like, Essentially, my mind, my boat, my thought was like, fuck no. <laughs> like, no, that's not the path. And if I'm not physically going to choose my own death, then I'm damn well not going to suffer in the confines of someone else's life and the, the structure that they had built, you know, for their business. No. And I, I, for a few moments, it was like, well, maybe I can like make it work for a little bit longer and I can figure this out or figure that out. And it was like, Sarah, hey, 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 you just sobbed for two minutes on the yoga mat in a room full of 50 people. That is not you. Like you've reached a level where there is something that's truly that needs attention right now, not later not in any way where you can like make it better, but actually just right now, this is your time to save yourself. Awesome. So I honestly, Sarah, so let me just interject a little bit here. That yeah. is so living in limbo because that is living in a situation that you are doing the right thing, right? So you're being a good girl, right? Where you are told you're supposed to be happy and something is not resonating and you're ignoring it. Yeah. So you feel a little bit less and you, and you ignore it. So living in limbo sometimes is, is a numbing experience. You numb yourself to the realization and something like yoga or meditation or even working with a coach where like something's off, I don't know what it is, um, brings you to that breakthrough. And one of the things we said was truths that are, that, uh, are now false. So something that was true, but no longer is. Yeah. Happened. Happened. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, you know, it's interesting as I hear you say that there were definitely moments where I would go to other people and I would say like, Hey, can, can I just talk this out with you and let me get your perspective. And I would share about the circumstances that I was in and I would share it with someone else really in the hopes now, after the fact, I can see in the hopes that they would say like, yeah, no, that's not okay. And you should get out of that. <laughs> so there were these moments of like, I know this situation is not okay. And I didn't have that full permission, that full capacity within myself to just simply decide to do differently. Again, like you said, because there were so many systems and so many beliefs at work holding me, believing like I had to stay. Um, and so there were definitely lots of moments where I would go to other people and like run it by them and, and looking for them to say, yeah, you're right. There really is something wrong and you should go. And so just like you described with yoga, it was like yoga and that quiet space that I found for myself allowed me to just get really clear and really honest with myself and then literally get up from the yoga mat and make a decision. No, we're not going even one more day. Tomorrow will be the last day in that situation. I, I was able to find like my own permission on the yoga mat to go in and simply make the decision without talking to anyone else. 
and and that um that is where the pain of staying where you are exceeds the fear of change right yeah. um and that that's where when your conscious mind can overtake your subconscious mind which is holding you back the, the key is i know you i definitely me work with people with the hopes of that we don't let's not get to that much pain yeah. right <laughs> right you know before you make a different decision right just make conscious choices every day practice making choices yes. every day so that when the big things are in front of you you can you can look at them safely and say, yeah, I know that I'll be living in limbo if I make a change because I don't know what that means, but it's time to walk away. And it's okay, there's no blame, there's no right, there's no wrong. And that's the thing when you say about doing th the right thing, there is no right or wrong. Yeah, right? I know, I figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's one of those like lies that I had believed for years. Right. And still find myself in, I mean, when you do something for 40 years, you don't just leave, you don't just leave it. You don't just get up from the yoga mat and be like, okay, I'm never going to think that way again. No, right. I continue to look for those things where I fall into the mindset of looking for the right thing to do next versus what I now know as my truth, which is doing the next right thing for myself. And, and how liberating is that when you know yourself so well that you can make your choices based um, fearlessly, right? Yeah. From, from, that, from that position. Every year I create a word that I will live by. And a couple of years, so the year of um, 2020, that January I picked raw and real. So mm. when we were isolated, I said, well, we're on real. I'm now isolated. So I'm going to put on my computer and I'm going to do Facebook live first thing in the morning, whatever comes to thought, no preparation, no makeup right out of bed. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. Oh my God. The first few were like, oh my God. Oh, it looked terrible. But the, the subject matter was always good because it's whatever the universe first thing in the morning told me to talk about um yeah. you know and then last year or the year after um was un uh, um what is it unapologetically mm. and that's you know where you're at and it's not from ego right it's, it's not like i'm going to do this it, it's mm. not from that energy space whatsoever it's like knowing who you are it's like i don't have to apologize because it's none of yeah. your effing business yeah right um i used to play every once in a while the billy holiday song ain't nobody's business if i do nice. <laughs> that's great yeah right right yeah um Music, by the way, is a great way to get your energy to where you want it to be. Totally. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And so, and so from living in limbo, um, what are some of the things that you recommend for people when they find themselves in this space of you don't know what's next? It's kind of scary. You know, both stories, both taking the leap is scary while you're free falling and 
having losing everything and being in a space that is unfamiliar is very scary they're both living in limbo because you're in this unknown world what is something that you would suggest people do yeah they find themselves in limbo so many things um and really depends i suppose on what what people resonate with most uh for myself I had to gather what I now call my team of experts. Uh, so specific people, friends, uh, professionals, people who I knew would be able to help me get to the quote other side. And that's, you know, again, that's something that's always uh, at work and something that's always evolving for me, depending on where I'm at and what I'm needing and what's up ahead of me that I'm desiring to bring into fruition. Um, but I got really, really clear um, during this second, you know, major liberation, as I call them. Uh, the one at 30, I didn't fully embrace this idea, like I needed other people. I was still in a mindset of like, I could do it on my own. And I knew I needed people because like I was in such a bad space after the divorce and I spent a lot of time with family, which became my team of experts for that time period. Um, but the second wave of liberation prior to 40, I really got it. Like, wow, I have to surround myself with people who understand this process of transformation. People who intellectually and personal experience understand here I am that's where I want to be and now I'm here in the limbo and I need people surrounding me who can actually like help guide me hold me up sometimes challenge me provoke me all the things that we need when we're in that space to be able to actually continue the journey so that to me is like such an important one um, because when, until we're actually what I also call, uh, I got from the 12 step program, self-sufficient in all of the ways self-sufficient where I can actually challenge and coach myself, you really desperately need that team of experts to come around you. You know, I've actually come to a place, uh, through, through my, the current coach that I'm working with where I've recognized, oh, I literally can't do it on my own. We're actually designed in such a way, I believe we're designed in such a way that we, not only are we not meant to do it alone, right? Because we're clearly meant to be in community and in partnership and in relationship, but this new level of awareness of we can't do it alone. Again, there's no shame. There's no judgment. There's no like space to feel bad about it. It actually has been an extremely freeing thought to believe, oh, I just literally can't do it because here I've spent all this time like trying to do it <laughs> up to before 40 thinking I was failing, like that there was something wrong with me that I hadn't been able to read the right book or attend the right seminar or, you know, talk to the right person to be able to figure it out. And so no, actually, and this I would say is my port, most important message that I like to leave people or give to people when I'm talking with various people is you're not doing anything wrong. You just actually can't, literally can't do it on your own, which is why we are in partnership. That's why um, there's so much an emphasis on like mentorship 
why the teacher-student dynamic is so important in our lives and society. It's why we crave that, right? And you know, you think about parents and children. I mean, there's so many dynamics where there's a person up ahead of you and there's a way of like closing that gap by watching that person up ahead of you, by working with them, by talking with them. Um, so I really hammer that home home because I know for me as a very successful independent woman coming into 40, I really carried a lot of guilt, a lot of shame around not being able to quote, figure it out or to be able to do it on my own. And I just want to offer that to your listeners. The reason is because you just can't, it's just that simple. So I think that is the most important thing to come to is just the, um, the acceptance of that, the surrender in that, the freedom in, I don't have to do it alone. Right, right, right. You know, and, and understand that, like, I love me. I love being with me. I love my alone time. I love my own space, but I also love my tribe and my community. And they're two different things, right? Um, my, my tribe, um, are the people that I will call and, and say, hey, something's going on and, and I'd like to just flush it by you and get your perspective. And they will be honest with me. And from love, they will be on and they will say, well, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? Um, and they will call me and, and do the same thing. And we'll talk for hours. Whereas community is a little bit wider and I might not go to community with those kind of issues, but I would love to, I love to grow and play in partnership and community. Yeah. Right. So, so it's a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit less personal, um, less close tribe knows all of my wounds community, just mm. knows some of them. Right. Yeah. And you need to share all of your wounds. You can't hold any of them back because if you don't, when you're in limbo, um, you, you're not likely to make good choices because you'll be making choices from a state of fear, sadness, anger, shame, guilt, right? You'll be making decisions based on a seven-year-old's emotion, a five-year-old's emotion. You won't be making really yeah, clear choices. Exactly. Right, right? Um, totally. Yes. And so one of the things you said was your team of experts I love. I coach my clients to get, I call them your board of directors, right? Okay. Your, your personal and, and business board of directors, getting clear. Um, that is really, really important. You know, for, for me, what I did during that time that I was not knowing where my next meal was coming from was what are the things that I want to, that I want by the end of the year? What is important to me? Really, what is important to me? And, and I did a lot with the, the Kabbalah. I did a lot of universal law exploring, you know, a lot of spiritual and emotional work. Um, but I also got very, very clear as to what I needed, not what I wanted. Yes. Right. Um, and I'm telling you, within three months, I had it all. Because I was clear. And I had no idea how it was going to come. Right. And, and I, yeah. and, and I was out there, you let people know that, Hey, I'm in this crappy situation and I'm looking to get out of it. And here's what I'm looking for. Let me know if it shows up. 
let's have okay. let's have coffee if you don't mind paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, and that's being raw and real uh, about the situation that you're in, um, and knowing that it, I put myself in that situation. I absolutely knew that I was making a mistake. But okay, so you just talked about doing the right thing. I yeah. made a commitment. And the moment that I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good, Gail. My next up, what the right thing to do is to follow through. You made a promise. Mm, yeah. So sometimes what you think is the right thing to do while your instinct is telling you stop. You got to follow your instinct. That's the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I call it at various times, I've called it different things, but right now I seem to gravitate uh, towards following my inner knowing or my oh. inner wisdom. Yes. Because you're right. Just like you had said earlier in those years, when I was in that situation, um, working in circumstances that weren't lining up with my inner wisdom, I was ignoring it. And in moments, I would take it to other people and run it by them to get feedback. But different from the way that you talk about going to people now, like going to tribe, you know, I was going with the need for them to help me get free. I was going with the need for them to help me in the way that I couldn't help myself. But they were just people that I was you know, friends or people that cared about me. It wasn't just like I went and was talking to, you know, somebody on the street, but they weren't people that I was intentionally choosing that I knew would be honest, that would give me the feedback that I was seeking. They were just people that were in my life that I trusted, that were good friends, colleagues, you know, various people, but I wasn't going to them with the mindset that I needed to go to, like you described, you're going to people with a mindset, with an intention in their role. And, you know, now I have specific people who know that I come to them for that feedback. So I've taken it, we'll say to that next level, which is, I actually have some people in my life that I've have an agreement with them, like, hey, there are going to be times where I'm going to need feedback, honest, you know, all the things that I need. And I actually have that established, the team of experts, like I was referring to it for myself. Some of the conversations, some of the languaging you'll hear when I'm talking to my tribe are, are things like, so Gail, how can I help you today? What's on your mind? At the end of the conversation. So we've talked a lot today. Um, based on our conversation, what do you see in me that I need to work on? So, right. So it's not only um, supporting where I want to go um, and, and we never give each other advice. We, we talk about, um, we actually ask questions. So when I'm asked, you know, what is it that you think I need? I will say something like, I, I see that you have this power, this purpose in you, but I don't see evidence that you're addressing it and you mm. need to embrace it how Beautiful. that right how that shows up i don't know right so it's that kind of conversation it's not specific because what works for me doesn't work for you so i'm not going to yeah. give you that kind of advice but i will talk about something that i see in you that is crying to um for you to pay attention to right yeah 
I love that. Yeah. So, um, so Sarah, you are amazing. I'm so happy that you have taken a shift in your career um, and that you're listening to your inner wisdom. And how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to? So the best way is to go to my website, which I'm very proud of recently getting uh, that up and going, sarahlesliecoaching.com. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, coaching.com. Fantastic. Um, I think I, I think I stuck my nose out there. It's a pretty website. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I, I usually do something like that just before we meet. So everybody, thank you so much to listening to the Empowering Process podcast. If something that we said resonates with you uh, and you have a question or something more that you want us to dive into, leave a comment and, you know, maybe Leslie and I will get a chance to get together or Sarah and I will get to see two first names. will throw you up, get a chance to work together again and address that question. If you know someone who maybe could gain from this information, share it out to them. And as always, love it, subscribe to us. Let us know that you care because we care too. Thank you very much, Sarah. Bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.